Welcome to Creating Community, a podcast designed to bring area leaders, business owners, and others together to better our community. I'm your co-host, Jake Starkey. And I'm your other co-host, Dorian Strickland. We're the owners of 1820 Coffee House and 1820 Marketing in the heart of Alvin, Texas. And if you hear a lot of noise behind us, it's because we're actually recording in the coffee house. If you're a first-time listener, we encourage you to subscribe to hear more. You can use whatever podcast platform you get your podcast from, be it Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, CastBox, or something else. So for this episode, we thought we would share some highlights from some of our previous episodes for those that are new to the show to give you a taste of what we're doing. Here's a short excerpt from Amy Shelton with Emergence Functional Nutrition, with whom we are happy to be partnering with as we start the new year. One of the things that affects people's ability to do the program is family support. Mm-hmm. How I can see a lot of people that maybe want to make a change, right? especially this year, yeah. want to make a change, but the family support might not be there. They're working long days, they get home and... Single parent maybe trying to feed kids, and sometimes it's just faster to drive through McDonald's than mm-hmm. it is to go home and make a meal. How do you navigate the family? Because right. your client is there for a reason. They're right. there and excited. Family might not be. How do you kind of right. work with that? So it's a fine line. I have, as I said, mentioned before, I have three teenagers and a husband that don't necessarily ascribe to everything that I do. And that's fine because we're all on a spectrum um, of, of where we're at in our journey to health. And what is food for you may be poison to me. So I can't expect everybody to line up and be the same. That's not, that's not the point. But it helps if you um, plan. Planning is huge. Planning, planning, planning is a lifesaver. My husband tells me all the time, tells my kids this all the time, if you don't plan, you plan to fail. But planning is not the be-all, end-all, because if you have a plan, you need to work the plan or the plan has failed. So planning is really big. And then sometimes you just have to put on your big girl pants and say, this is what we're having for dinner and... This is what we're having for dinner, right? So, and if the family is willing to go on the journey with the client, it's baby steps. So it's not like that they're going from having happy meals every night to vegetarian chickpea curry. (laughs) There's a time of transition for everyone. That's a relief. Although that did sound good. Yeah, it is quite good. I've had a chance to go to your website, which is emergencenutrition.fit. Yes. And I see that you have a lot of helpful information on there. You actually have some programs that are for sale mm-hmm. on there. When I look at the pricing, the pricing is not scary, right. which is a really good thing. Yeah. Uh, I think the part that could be scary for some people is knowing if they're changing from eating their Happy Meals to eating their Oreos at night and their Ben and Jerry's or whatever it is, changing to a more healthy lifestyle diet, there's a lot of expense involved with that, making that change. So what would you say to those people that have that fear? I would, I would like, I would invite them to read the information that's out there when people are actually um, in, in a lower income family 
those things that we think of, the, the Oreos, the ice cream, the Ben and Jerry's, all of those, and a lot of the convenience foods, they don't, they're not able to afford them. But when we get to whole foods and even eliminating meat, for example, I have a, um, a friend who is in a mastermind with me, and she shared with us the story of when her girls were small, and she was a single mom trying to work two jobs, take care of these kids. And she was just, you know, doing everything she could to make ends meet. And she said that the things that fell by the wayside were things that were unnecessary. And it was the convenience foods and it was meat. And so they basically just by necessity became vegetarians. And, and that's how she made ends meet. So it's not expensive. It is expensive if you want to get into all the designer prog- uh, products and the paleo this and the keto this. That's smart marketers there, but it's not necessary. Yeah, it seems because of the marketing and stuff that it becomes, again, I keep saying the fad diets, but it, it is true. It becomes this thing that pops up and people try it and I've tried it. Yeah. Um, Taking a little step back, was there any, you, you'd mentioned kind of Emma had started to dual credit mm-hmm. at ACC. Was there any specific moment that kind of brought you to, to doing this? Or was it just in like you were kind of saying the evolution? Yeah, it was the evolution. So I'm a teacher at heart. That's what I went to school for is to be, to be an educator. And I really, really get frustrated with people being the victim of their diagnosis or the victim of their genetics. And they think, well, this is what my mom had. This is what her mom had. This is what her mom had. So therefore, this is my destiny. And they just accept that without question. Or now that I have been diagnosed with high blood pressure, I'm going to have to take these pills. And they just accept that without fighting back. And that just, that's really what gets me, um, that I'm passionate about, is educating people that know you can make easy choices that will make all the difference in the world. You you mentioned before, a little earlier when we were talking, you said that you have... I don't think support group is the word you use, but you said groups where people can get together and discuss these things. How do those groups work? How can somebody find those? Do they have to join your program in order to get into those? What? How does this work? So on Facebook, I have a, I guess, the special group. It's I call it the Emerging Tribe. You can find that on my Facebook page. And in the Emerging Tribe, I try to cultivate more conversation and provide more valuable information, recipes, insight, challenges, those kinds of things. Um, I'm really big on creating community as well because if you're doing something like this by yourself, you need to be able to have somewhere, someone that you know is in it with you. Yeah, there's a better chance of making it if you have somebody that you're on the journey with. For Correct. Sure. Yeah. Yes, Absolutely. As we're getting kind of close to the end here, one question that I have for you is um, to back up even further. Your husband is a pastor. Yes. And so you are a pastor's wife. Yes. How how do you think that affects the way that you go about doing business, whether it's with 
the, the healthy side or the business side? What, how, how does your faith affect your business? Okay. So I truly believe in the depth of my being that, as the psalmist wrote, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And when God does things, he does all things well. And we were created, our bodies were created to be able to not just sustain life, but to heal and to regenerate. And so when that's not happening, why? And if there's not a functional issue, for example, you don't have a gallbladder, well, if you don't have a gallbladder, you're going to probably be sick every time you eat a heavy, fat-filled meal. Or if uh, you're, you have type 1 diabetes and your pancreas does not make insulin, that's a functional issue. But aside from that, anything else should be able to be able to be addressed and bring back into balance. And so that's how I look at my clients is they were created by God. They are God's handiwork. And everything that they have Everything that they need, God has created them to be able to do, if that makes sense. And then um, with my business, I told the Lord when I started going to school, um, that I'm in my third certification now, but all this is for you. Anytime that it's not giving you glory, yank on my chain because I'm here to serve his purpose. Right. Well, I guess the last thing I would ask you is, We've covered a lot of stuff, and we've talked about a lot of change that people can make. What is one thing that anybody can do today to affect change immediately or tomorrow? Okay, you ready for this? I'm ready. Remove crap food. And that actually is a nutritional term. Crap stands for calorie-rich and processed. Okay. You can remove the processed and refined foods from your diet. You will be making great headway. I think we talked the other day, you and I talked the other day, and you said that for those people that have all of that crap food in their house, you have a program or a means or a way of them to get rid of it, to give to somebody that's in need or something of that nature. Absolutely. The first thing that I recommend is for a lot of people, they're like, oh, well, I can't throw all that food away. That's the way I am. I don't want to throw food away. I'll, he doesn't I'll, want to throw anything away. <laughs> right? <laughs> There's a lot of people that are like that. So my suggestion is, okay, you can, if, you, if, you, if you're the kind of person that just needs to do a big clean out, find a local food pantry. Find a local women's shelter. Find somewhere mm. where you can donate that food and it's going to be used. Be put to good use. It'll be put to good Fantastic. use. It's not, it's not what I would recommend anyone to eat. But it helps you feel like you've not just thrown all of your money in the trash. The other option that you can do is, all right, you got that box of Oreos. For me, it's a bag of M&M's. Okay, you got that bag of M&M's. When that bag of M&M's runs out, Dorian, don't buy any more. Because you're in control of who buys the M&M's. Right? I am. So, and and that's the baby steps. It's okay. And while we're, it's not just focusing on what don't to eat, what not to eat, because here's something that's really important to realize. We all have a two-year-old living inside our brains. We and do. when you we say, do. don't <laughs> do that, 
What does a two-year-old obsess about? That's what I want to do. Oh, my God, I must do it right now, right? So instead, we don't tell ourselves, no, you can't do that. We phase out that bag of M&Ms. If you want to let it stretch out to last you three months and you're portioning it out, okay, Dorian, but just know that as you are phasing out those M&Ms, you also need to be increasing the serving, the number of servings of fresh produce that you have. You need to increase the number of glasses of water that you're drinking. So, so we call it crowding out. Good. Okay, I got yeah. it. Good. That makes sense. Sure. Yeah, it's kind of scriptural. Overcome evil with good. There you, there you go. go. For sure. So, Amy, how can people reach out to you and find you? You can find me on Facebook, Emergence Functional Nutrition. You can join my special group, the Emerging Tribe. You can send me an email at amy at efn.fit, or you can find me at emergencenutrition.fit. And maybe once a week at 1820 Coffee House. Probably more than that. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. We enjoyed it today for sure. Thank you. If you have marketing needs, we can help. Whether you're looking for business cards, brochures, a website, or digital advertising, 1820 Marketing can help you take your business to the next level. During this exceedingly difficult time of a worldwide pandemic, businesses should focus more on marketing, not less. If you've tried marketing on your own and haven't found success you're looking for, try something different. You can contact 1820 Marketing at our website at 1820marketing.com. Next, we have Parker White, a local realtor with Nuvella Realty in Manville, Texas. Parker talks about his transition from the Air Force to civilian life, utilizing a program where the military works with him during his transition. You have this great program that the military offers where you have six months like of, of a launch pad. Yeah, I can, I can explain the program. But but the thing to me is that you you set this program and you went from structured, and your wife was probably very okay with the structure of six months, I'm going to be able to launch this. And then COVID hits, yeah, and the yep. launch pad might still be there, but now it's a little bit bumpier. So, yeah, definitely. So I guess my timeline was... Uh, I started this program. So the program essentially is you pick a, you can pick an employer of your choice, any career field. And so they basically have to sign some uh, paperwork through the government. Like I sent my broker a piece of paper or actually it's like a packet. Like who am I kidding? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, the, go- it's the, military, the government, right? <laughs> nothing in the military is easy. Sure. But um, there's a whole packet. And my broker basically said that he would be responsible for me for, you know, X number of hours per week. Because for the six months of this program, the military was still going to pay me. So it was the last six months of my contract. Um, I just didn't have to wear a uniform and go to the base anymore. I just got to go and learn hands-on of the real estate industry. Well, that was February 10th. That's when I started. February 10th. February 10th. That's a good time to start. (laughs) Yeah, so February 10th, that started. And mind you, also, my wife was nine months pregnant, and we had our second child, March 18th. March 18th, the day before quarantine started. <laughs> yes. So all this in a little amount of time, and I was studying to get my license, and then I passed all my courses and had to schedule the test. So I was thinking, you know, I'm going to get ahead of this. I'm going to have my license for six months while I'm getting paid. And disclaimer, you can't double dip right. with the internship 
and real estate or whatever career field you go into. Okay. Um, because that's part of it. I can't get paid by the employer um, until I hit, uh, you know, my data separation. Okay. And uh, got to put that out there for all those listeners. Absolutely. You know, I wasn't defrauding the government, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but it shows that the government she sees the value in training you for your next career. Yes, and this program is going to be huge. Um, it, like I said, it's a newer program, but everyone I've talked to has it's it's been great for them because you know you go from that structure and then all of a sudden you do a like a, a transition program that is like Congress mandated. Um, but I mean, it kind of you don't know the military is so different from anything else out there. It really is, and all the civilian employers, it the transition can be tough. It really can be tough. And, but I mean, anyway, so quarantine and I couldn't take my test because uh, the Pearson view where you have to take your proctored exam, it was, <laughs> it, it was, uh, you had to be social distant and it took me two months to schedule my test. Wow. So I finished my six courses, my, it's like 180 hours of coursework to get the license. And then you have to go take this proctored test, state and national. And I had to wait two months, so I didn't end up getting my license till May. I took it on Cinco de Mayo, and then I got my license May 5th. Wow. That was the day after we opened here. <laughs> it was. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, we've been all in this the same amount of time. You've mentioned a couple of times in, in the questions, we've talked about your wife and family. I didn't realize that your, your last child was born the day before quarantine started, but we know how that transition has gone for you. You're keeping yourself busy. You're doing those things. Clearly, your wife is busy with your children right but how is this transition going for her because i know that from my wife going from a job where i'm getting paid every other week or twice a month whatever it is that i go to a job where i no longer have that set pay and now it's i'm going to get paid when <laughs> i complete a yeah, job when you perform right? so how, how's your wife dealt with that transition herself uh you know honestly my wife uh rebecca so shout out to her uh, she's a real trooper, and, like, I couldn't have asked for a better, like, spouse and partner. She's super supportive of everything that we've gone through at this up until this point, and, uh, well, continued, not up until this point. before I got here, she was like, this is it. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> no, but uh, she's always been really supportive, and, you know, she, she doesn't – she's not one of those people that, like, I – she wants – I long for the lavish lifestyle. She – She's never been like that, and she's a very modest uh, woman, and she's a rock star of a, of a wife and a mother, and, you know, she, like I said, she's been my biggest supporter, and she, she wouldn't care if I sold one house or 100 houses a year. She, would, she really wouldn't, and she knows that if it comes down to it, then we will each work three jobs and make it work. Like, so that's, that's my biggest thing is, I have that in my back pocket at all times. That's got to be really nice for you going out there working and hustling, knowing that no matter what, you have the support of a, mm -hmm. a wife. So yeah, fantastic. I, I can come home crying every night, and she's going to be like, get back out there tomorrow, buddy. Like, way, way, to go, way to go, Rebecca. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep, keep him going. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, she stays super busy all the time, like I said. Two of kids, course. Oh, yeah. And she's usually up before me, and I mean – I mean, days I don't work out, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah, she's up before me and then she, she's up feeding the baby at night. And she's also her, her mom and her sister, they run a business themselves. So it, it's full time all the time. Right. Wow. Yeah. 
Well, I, I tell you what, there's, there's a lot of industries. Like I came from the veterinary world where a lot of the people that come to work day in and day out love the idea of coming in in the morning. They do what they need to do. At the end of the day, they can leave knowing that they've accomplished certain tasks, right? I, I saved this pet. He's better. He couldn't walk in this morning, but he's walking out tonight, right? There's that sense of accomplishment every day. For you, you may work one, two, three months, maybe longer on one particular project along with all the other ones before it comes to a conclusion. So how do you, how do you wrap your brain around not having conclusion at the end of every day? Uh, you know, so I've kind of... I've kind of been conditioned for it. So in the military, a lot of people, and that's, I'll get back into it. I'll circle around. It's going to sure. be a full circle thing. That's okay. We're good with that. Yeah. So I'm conditioned for it because you're on the clock 24-7. Um, there's really, if they call you at 2.30 in the morning for, you know, a op, you you go. Like, no questions asked. you you got to get on a plane within two hours. Like, kiss kiss them, kiss your wife or husband goodbye. Say See goodbye. you later. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'm kind of used to that. I never, and I kind of actually struggled with that in the military of, I never, I couldn't turn off. Like, I, I would go to work, and then I would come home and still be thinking about work. So, I, I still struggle with that now of the separation of the two. But I'm kind of conditioned of, like, the day doesn't end at 5 o'clock. And it really doesn't. And it never has for me. Um, but I think that was kind of why I also chose real estate in the sense of, like I was saying, there's people that at five o'clock, I'm off the clock and don't don't talk to me, don't call me. Yeah. And I always struggled with, you know, in the military and there's pay grades and time and service and whatnot. And it's kind of I get paid the same amount as someone else right. who does a lot less work and doesn't care as much as does I do. Does enough to get by. They just show up, collect a paycheck, don't get in trouble, and they make the right. same amount as me. So, that, I mean, that was another reason why I decided to get out. And I'll be honest, that was my struggle in the military. That's exactly why I got out, because mm-hmm. I felt that same thing. So I, I have a buddy that stayed in for the exact opposite reason. He's nope. like, I like that they tell me what to do, when to do it, how to do it, where I'm going to live, where I'm going to work. But for me, it didn't work. So and they don't like, even have to be good at it. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think that's the thing, and you kind of pointed it out. To me, there are people who go through life trying not to get in trouble, and there's people who go through life trying to do something. Right. You gotta have purpose. Yeah, and I don't understand going through life just trying to not get in trouble. You know, like what's the bare minimum I can do when my boss isn't gonna yell at me? What's the bare minimum I can do and still get a paycheck? And mm-hmm. I, get, I don't understand that mentality at all. And that's probably why I would agree. We 100%. have our own business, right? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, yeah. and that's why real estate can be good because the harder you work, the more it'll pay. Up. Right. It'll take time. It's not immediate. And it and it's a weird thing because I know a lot of people that became real estate agents part-time. Like they, they uh-huh. had a full-time job. They did the real estate, got their name out there. And the more the more business they got, they kind of had that inner thing of if I can make X number of dollars a month in real estate, then I'm going to pull the trigger and quit my job. You, you kind of had that with the program that you were in, although you did have a hard deadline of it. Six months, right. it's you done. Yeah, yeah. You knew it was going to end. Yeah, you knew it was going to end. And that's probably better because if you – can do real estate on the side you can drag it out for three years and right but for you you knew you had to hustle and you had to get going because six months you're done yeah and i i kind of liked that you know i kind of liked the fight or flight like the back up against the wall like i knew you know my paycheck 
I haven't got a paycheck since August 19th. So like that was my last paycheck for the military. And I knew that it was going to stop. And I knew that you had to get the ball rolling and start getting your name out there and start building momentum. Because like you said, it takes time in this business and you can't, the first door you knock on the first person you meet, aren't going to be like, Oh, you got your license yesterday. Like, let's, let's go make a deal. Like, um, I just, I want to sell my house right now. I was just waiting for a guy to knock on my door. Yeah, I mean, that does happen. Don't get me wrong. That does happen sometimes, but if you know a guy like that, send him my way. We'll let you know. (laughs) Yeah, you got it. Yeah. I think that's the thing is that getting the, the runway going is a tough process. I think anyone started a business, which I would consider anyone in real estate, their own business owner, mm-hmm. to a certain extent. They might work for a, a firm. A broker or whatever. You're an independent person. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we're building the railroad track while the train's going down. And it, and there's some days where you get way out in front of it and you're like, oh, this is fantastic. This is a dream come true. And then some days you're like, oh, yeah, one, that train one. catches up. Yes. And it, it that is the thing that I wish as small business owners, we could get in front of it just a little bit. Like, that's the thing I look at. Like, I don't, I don't want handouts. I don't want it. I don't need it to be easy, mm-hmm. but like just, just a little bit easier. A little like, bit would be okay. A little bit less hard would be fantastic. You know, and that's the, the struggle, especially you hit quarantine and yeah, the whole it, world shuts down. It's been a struggle. Like as a social person, like every time I've come in here and talked to y'all, it's just like, I, I miss talking to people. That and I really, I really do. And marketing yourself when you can't go out and meet people or you can't go to a restaurant and just, you know, talk to random people. And I mean, at the grocery store, you can't even recognize people nowadays with masks on and stuff. So if I have a mask on, how are they going to remember? Oh, that's Parker White. He's that realtor in town. And it's kind of, it's, it's really tough. It really is. And yeah, I just, for sure, the quarantine (laughs) and it's already hard enough that 87% of realtors in the first two years quit. Yeah. yeah, we actually just heard that statistic yesterday. Oddly enough, we were talking. It seemed like a, a really high number, which was surprising to us. But the question, I guess, you know, obviously things are different during quarantine. But as a new realtor completely, it's got to be hard enough to get your name out there and tell people, hey, here's why you should choose me. Here's why you should let me represent you. It's got to be even harder during quarantine. So what do you bring to the table that maybe somebody else that's been doing it for five years doesn't bring to the table. I think it would have to do with my, uh, my drive to make the deal happen. I'm going to work harder than you, harder for you than an experienced agent. And let me explain. So I'm not going to be complacent and let something slip through the cracks. I'm going to be on top of the deal, you know, from the very start where we sign a contract to closing day and I'll be there on closing day with you. Because I know a lot of agents don't go to closings because they think it's not as – they think they could be somewhere Their work else. is done. Right, right. They think that they could be moved on to another deal. No, I'm going to be with you from the start to the finish because, to me, this business isn't just about a transaction. It's like it's about the relationships you build with those people. And, I mean, I'm, I plan on doing business, whether it be with you or your sister, for years to come. Like, I, if I do a deal with you, like, your family now, and that's just how I treat people. Well, that's the thing. I think, you know, being marketers, the, the thing that I find fascinating is that best marketing is word of mouth. Mm-hmm. So the better you are as a real estate agent for me, the better I'm going to, more likely I am to recommend you to someone else. And that is going to hold more weight than a 
newspaper ad or a Facebook ad or right. any anything to marketing. Marketing really is just to reinforce when someone drops your name in a conversation, go, oh, yeah, I've heard that name. I know who that is. Right, just, you know? just uh, name recognition, really. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. And so I think you've done a really good job of getting out there. We see, we see, a, well, we see you here a lot. For sure. <laughs> it's because I like coffee. Guys. Hey, we yes. really appreciate you coming in and getting coffee, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah. The coffee's good at 1820. <laughs> nice right. plug. Thank you. Yes. Can't Not argue. a paid endorsement. Not a <laughs> Not paid endorsement. All. <laughs> all right. So here's the thing. How can people find you? So I have a, uh, an Instagram. It's Parker White Realtor. I have a Facebook page. Or just follow my normal pages, you know, Parker White. Um, on my Instagram, it's not private, so you can just add me. And then if I uh, send me a message on either Facebook or Instagram, uh, newvillarealty.com is my broker and I's website. So you can find out more about us there. And, um, yeah, I'll even give you my phone number and email, all right? We'll put in the show notes, okay? Yeah. There you go. We yeah, we'll put it in New Villa is N-U-V-I-L-L-A. Yes. So it's like new villa, like a new house, you know. Okay. New, okay. New villa. That's where the name came from. Okay. So, is there anything that you would like to share with our listeners that you haven't, that we haven't asked you, or that you think is important for them to know? Uh, no, I think you guys hit it all. I uh, I really do appreciate this opportunity of getting my name out there, and you know, I I love supporting local businesses, so I'm really glad that I became friends with y'all, and uh, yeah, just. If any of you guys need anything in the future, don't hesitate to ask because I promise you're not going to find a Harding Worker Realtor. Well, I, like I've told several other people, and I've told you specifically, you are officially my realtor. So, Well, that's good to hear. Yeah, that's good absolutely. To hear. You also went to school with my dad, so that's, that's I, actually a I funny did. story. It, it is a funny story. So <laughs> I, just real quick, uh, I Jake and I ran into Parker when we were looking at a piece of property. And we were wearing masks and hats. And I said, man, I feel like I know this guy. And I even said to you, hey, I think I know you. Have I met you? You told me your name. And I said, no, that's not him. I don't know who to. And it was several days later you came in and said, hey, I think you went to school with my dad. Yeah, so I, I looked you guys up because you told me that you had uh, one of my favorite things, which is coffee. Right? You told me, oh, <laughs> right. yeah, we, we own a coffee shop in town. So I looked it up, and then I found you guys on uh, on Facebook. And we had mutual friends, and it happened to be my dad. So, <laughs> yeah, I remember you came in and said, "I think I know. I think you might know my dad." And I, I was thinking Parker White, not Danny. <laughs> yeah, Danny. Yeah. Hey, shout out to Danny, man. Long time no see. Yeah, it, it's really a small world. It it truly is. Yeah, Jake very... and I talk about the six degrees of separation all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's funny when people walk in the door and they become regulars here, and we get to know them, and then they mention somebody like, "Oh." How do you know that person yeah, how do you from know that person? Washington State? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much, Parker, for being on Creating Community. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Creating Community is available on Google or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. If you'd like to help us out, we'd appreciate it if you would like, subscribe, and share our podcast. This podcast is produced by 1820 Marketing. For show notes, visit 1820coffeehouse.com slash podcast. We encourage you to go back and listen to some of the podcasts. If you're new to the show, we think you'll really enjoy them and we hope you'll come back.